episode of Justin the Food Entrepreneur's Podcast. I'm Justin Bazar. I'm your host. That's B-I-Z-Z-A-R-R-O. And you can find me on social media on Instagram and Facebook at Justin Bizarro. Um, and you can also find this podcast at Justin the Food Entrepreneur's as well on Instagram and Facebook. So um, with that being said, welcome back our new and upcoming co-host as well as entrepreneur Skylar Rapson. How are you doing today, Skylar? I'm doing good, Justin. I'm excited for another episode. Awesome. So Skylar, uh, what have you learned this week as an entrepreneur before we get started? We'll warm up the audience. Put me on the spot here. Um, I've been doing a lot this week. I've been doing data entry and sorting out different different items that we have that we own just putting that into a master list. So a lot of just like organizational stuff and how to maintain whatever business you own. Um, Skylar's tracking the money for us right now. So I would say that Skylar's starting to learn to track where all the money goes when on the equipment, when you need to do wear and tear and maintenance in the food business. So um, as all entrepreneurs know, um, maintenance kills you. Misuse of equipment kills you. Um, that's very quickly eats away at your margins and your profit and the money you're hoping to feed your family with. So <clears throat> it's pretty important. With that being said, um, today I have something for everyone and it's pretty cool cause I love pizza and, uh, we have with us Matthew Foster, a few pies from Atlanta, Georgia. And by Atlanta, we mean Atlanta, Atlanta. So how are you doing today, Matthew? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. So, Matthew, tell us about yourself. How did you become an entrepreneur and why pizza? Um, well, as you know, I'm born and raised uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I kind of fell into entrepreneurship uh, during the pandemic. Um, prior to making pizza i was in entertainment production uh, as well as the restaurant industry for about eight nine years um both of them would be off and on so whenever i wasn't doing a tour or a tv show a movie or um, a concert i would be uh either front of house or sometimes uh back of house at a restaurant um so uh, during March 2020, I was on tour with Nick Cannon and a Wild and Out Arena tour uh, when uh, the pandemic, you know, put the whole world on pause. So came back home and uh, pizza's always been my favorite food. Uh, I really, really, really love pizza. Um, I always said after my career in entertainment, I will open up a pizzeria and not mainly for like profit because uh, hopefully I would have did very well <laughs> in my first career. Uh, it would be more or less just a watering hole and a passion project. Um, I worked at a pizzeria as front of house uh, prior to going on tour and then kind of muscled my way back into the kitchen to, you know, get some learning and training uh, in the pizza making, uh, I guess, business. Um so when I got back home um, from tour and, you know, sitting at home like everyone else was, uh, a lot of friends would hit me up asking, hey, uh, you're making pizza. I see everyone is on 
making sourdough breads and stuff. Uh, I bet you making pizza. I was like, well, no, I'm, I'm staying at home, um, watching Netflix. And after fielding a couple of calls, I, you know, took a stab at, you know, trying to make my own pizzas at home. Uh, so I go to the grocery store, get flowers, cheese, um, tomatoes to make sauce and just kept at it. Uh, I would bother my brother with, you know, gallon Ziploc bags of, you know, cheese, pizzas and pepperonis and different recipes I was trying. So I hate try this out. Um, until I felt comfortable enough to try and, and sell it. So I'll put a menu out, um, which included the uh, lemon pepper wet pizza. And no one was really buying it. So um, I had got a job printing T-shirts because, again, I was bored. Um, but then my friend came over, bought the pizza and put it on Twitter. He bought the lemon pepper wet pizza and put it on Twitter. And then, you know, after maybe an hour or two, he hit me back. He's like, hey, you're getting a lot of traction on Twitter. Uh, a lot of people are hitting me up about how can they get this pizza? Um, how do you want me, you know, direct them to you? Like, you want me to give you your phone number or, you know, send them to your Twitter page or your Instagram? I was like, you can give them my number. Uh, so I did a couple more orders. Um, and then I had people who wanted to buy pizza the next day. Like, all right, so I was prepping for that. Um, he hit me again. It was like, hey, it's up to like 20,000 views. Like, you might have something. Like, you know, keep your foot on the gas. I woke up the next morning and he called me. It's like, Killer Mike just retweeted you. And then from that point, um, Killer Mike's a, a big, you know, uh, prominent staple in Atlanta for his, you know, of course, rap career, but also his activism. Um, from that point, it would hit maybe like 80, 90,000 views, and I, my phone was ringing off the hook. So it went from hobby to kind of business, I want to say almost overnight. Um, but yeah, no, I always wanted to do something with pizza. And my favorite TV show is uh, The Pizza Show, um, who's hosted by Frank Pinello, owner of Best Pizza in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Uh, and the premise of the show is Frank would go around. Uh, to different cities, and he even went overseas, tapping into different pizza scenes and cultures. And while watching the show, I noticed that he never came to the South, and you know, uh, Atlanta wasn't represented. So, as I was pondering, like, all right, if I had to create a pizza that represented Atlanta, because of course, you know, Detroit has their own scene, Jersey, of course, New York, LA. Uh, what would that pizza look like? And instantly I thought lemon pepper winner because you know, Atlanta, we're known for our lemon pepper chicken wings. And, you know, that's how the lemon pepper wet pizza was born. And that kind of just started the business. And I've been doing it ever since. So one is, I would say, the whole world. Um, I can't remember the song. And the whole world oh, yeah. loves it when <laughs> loves you don't. It. Down, do, down. Do. Yep. and mm-hmm. that's I think is Killer Mike on that with Outcast, I believe, Big Boy he and is. Andre Three Thousand. So, although they're from College Park, uh, I believe. <laughs> so, um, there's that. But so, on that note, so I, I I recognize the artist as well as the activism when you dropped Killer Mike. So, um, mm-hmm. obviously, he's been um, around with some well-known artists. Mm-hmm. Um, on. On the other hand, um, 
let's talk about being an entrepreneur a little bit in, in the pizza. Okay. So let's talk about opportunity sort of knocks. You, you sort of had this experience in pizza and you liked yeah. it. Um, and yet you followed your heart. So I, I think we're going to tap on that. I also want to talk about how you were in entertainment first and sort mm-hmm. of the importance of, and Skylar can write this literally. I just wrote it on a whiteboard in the office in Georgia uh, today in our kitchen there, which is showtime, which is how you're always performing. No matter if you're doing food, it doesn't matter if we're manufacturing it at massive scales, it's always showtime. And you're always trying to make an impression and add or t- add entertainment or show that you're going the extra mile as a person in food. So the timing of this podcast is a little um, ironic and both opportunist, um, opportunistic in that there's the entertainment value of being in food, right? Also, and you come from that background, so you know how to to talk to an audience. And not only that, one of the things I recognize is you wanted to pick up the phone and talk to people. A lot of people are entrepreneurs or in other spaces, they don't understand the importance of building a fan base or building an audience or building a customer base from that one-on-one from day one to start creating word of mouth. That's how everyone has to start. You know, no one sold a single record. No one sold a single pizza pie without first getting out there and doing it and getting it out to people. And then word of mouth started. And so I think that that's just part of it. And you built the relationships with all the individuals uh, before you were even in the food business. So we can. I'd like to talk more about that sort of what you saw, how you took things that you learned in the entertainment business and brought them into the food business, and then sort of what that means for your future in terms of a few pies. The production side, so behind the scenes, I wasn't like on camera talent or anything. So one thing I definitely saw, one thing that definitely correlates uh, between the two industries, uh, entertainment and food industry is, you know, building industry and uh, my my food industry experience and you know uh, running a few prizes uh, with in the entertainment industry and I was on the production side so you know behind the scenes not on camera talent um, you respect each and every position and it is the, the goal of you know seeing a production come to fruition from start to finish um, same you have your recipes and specific ingredients, but you, you know, put everything into one. Uh, everything plays its part to, you know, create the product. Uh, and then also, too, no in, no position is more important than the next. Um, I definitely understood that. And everything ties into the, the next role. So your PAs or your deckhands are just as essential as you know, your uh, your host or your camera operators. I mean, your dishwasher is just as vital as your chefs and the people who take orders and your bartenders. Um, also, like you said, it is a thing of you're always um, entertaining. So you, you never really turn it off when it comes to uh, the food. You, you have to always, you know, play the character. Um, what else what else um yeah just seeing things through uh it it is a process it doesn't happen overnight it's a lot of long hours and and hard work in both industries 
Um, but it also, you got to have some passion as well. Um, people who get into both industries aren't necessarily doing it only for the pay. Um, yeah, of course, you know, we are here to make money, but you have to be passionate about your medium. Um, and the creativity shines through in, in both uh, aspects as well. You got to be a creative person because with everything, you're not reinventing the wheel when it comes to movies, TV shows, um, awards, concerts, and when it comes to making pizza. Um, but it's how you can, you know, show your creativity and shine through your medium and, you know, tell a story. Um, I feel like I'm telling the story uh, of Atlanta when it comes to my pizza, because um, you, you've never seen, you know, chicken wings or lemon pepper wet. Uh, well, you probably, you might have seen chicken wings on a pizza before, but not in the way in which I'm doing it. And so what other pizzas are you doing? I mean, we see the, uh, the lemon pepper, I agree. It's like a Nashville hot thing. I think Atlanta is very well known for it. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, what else are you doing? Are you only doing pizza? Um, how does someone get your products? Where do they find you online and on social media? And how um, do they order a pizza if they're in Atlanta? Or how do they get it from you? So at the moment, I'm just doing pizza, of course, with expansion. Uh, I plan on offering, um, a, you know, bigger menu or more menu items. Um the, our other best seller would be an oxtail and ricotta pizza. So I call our style of pizza metropolitan, where it's rooted in, you know, the basis of Neapolitan style pizza, but it's influenced by, you know, the culture and the inner city of Atlanta. Um, to find us on Instagram or Twitter, you can follow us at at Fupies, P-H-E-W, uh, P-I-E-S. Uh, and then our website is www.pewpies.com. Um, uh, to acquire a pizza, we do mobile pop-ups uh, all out all throughout the city, uh, which we post on a regular basis of where we're going to be at. So if you want to get a pizza in person um, for either pickup or dine-in, uh, you will follow us on Instagram. And then it's also uh, posted on our website. Uh, you can also order through our website. Uh, for pickup, um, as well as if you want delivery, we are on the Uber Eats platform for that. Okay, that's so, that's awesome. Oh, go ahead, Skylar. I was going to ask. Um, so why did why did you choose to differ from the traditional path of just opening a brick and mortar store and instead do these pop ups around different spots in Atlanta? Oh well, the pandemic definitely. Uh, influenced that decision. I saw a lot of restaurants, bars, and things uh, of that nature shut down due to, you know, people not being able to uh, visit these uh, establishments during the pandemic. Um, But I also saw uh, a great opportunity to still be present um, in front of a community, as well as I like, you know, face-to-face interaction. Um, uh, then it's the overhead thing too. Uh, it costs way less to partner with, uh, let's say a brewery or a bar or uh, establishment to come and do, uh, provide food for a night or two. Whereas, you know, the, the overhead of rent and utilities and, 
you know, staffing, uh, things of that nature. Um, it, it's, it, I saw a benefit in doing pop-ups. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's a way in which you can still kind of be a restaurant without having, you know, everything uh, financially associated with it. Uh, and there was still a need, you know, for um, the service. People still were coming out of their homes uh, and wanting to, you know, have some time out um, and, and eat out. Um, so doing it in an open air space where it's still uh, COVID safe uh, was a plus as well. Uh, and the market really in Atlanta uh, dictated that too. Um, I, I've had, I've met a, quite a few people who do the same thing with, uh, with pop-ups. Um, so all those factors uh, led me to do that. Now, brick and mortar is still a goal, um, but the pop-up circuit has been really, really good. I look at it as um, related to entertainment, specifically music. You know, Atlanta is the hip-hop capital of the world. Um, I look at it as I am an artist, uh, and these pop-ups are like concerts. So with every concert that you do, you gain more and more fans. Um, those fans go and tell someone else, like, hey, this is really cool. New artist out here. He's doing this. Um, he has this music out. Well, with me, it'll be pizza. Um, so each pop-up, I look at it as a show. Um, and then the, the brick and mortar, I would, you know, look at as our album. So once the album is ready, we're still doing shows. We're still making, you know, singles and putting out music. So we're still making pizza, putting out product. Um, but at the whole time we are working on uh the grand uh grand album uh which would be a, a brick and mortar so um matthew tell me this um how do you cook the pizzas or are they already pre-cooked when you do a pop-up do you bring in equipment i mean sort of how do you do this so you can give people the freshest experience that's my first question and the second question mm -hmm. is do you showcase your skills also? Do you vary the pizzas that you offer so that um, you can showcase different types of pizza where you always have your base ones, but you also try to showcase your skills? Um, when you're talking about how, I mean, as you orchestrate these things, I've got to imagine you're trying to up yourself every time. So what does that look yeah. like? Um, so we make everything fresh to order on location so we were prepared at a preps prep kitchen that we have um that we utilize and then we'll bring all the supplies and you know necessary equipment to make pizza on the spot um with the style of pizza that we make uh it's best enjoyed you know as fresh and hot as possible because we use a uh a propane powered oven but it it is fashioned into your traditional wood-fired uh, brick oven. Uh, so we have three of those that we bring at to, you know, every location. And yeah, each and every time we um, do a pop-up, we try to up the ante with, you know, flavors and tastes. Um, so of course we have our base pizzas that we do, uh, our classic ones where it's, you can find basically at, any reputable 
pizzeria, like your margaritas, your pepperoni, sauces, white pies, veggies. And then we also have our signature menu that we created and we try to add to that um, each time. And then, we, of course, we take, you know, uh, fan opinion too. So, meaning, you know, if you see something, if you don't see something on there, you want to try to create your own pizza. We're very open to doing that. We've had a couple of people who came up with ideas good enough that we, you know, consider putting it on the menu. So what's your favorite pizza that you make, Matthew? Me? I mean, I'm a purist, so I love margarita pizzas. <laughs> um, cheese is my favorite. And, you know, I, that's the basis of all pizza. And anyone who says cheese pizzas and pizza is crazy. Um, but on the menu, I really enjoy our jive turkey, which is our uh, turkey meat lovers uh, with the barbecue base. And then after that, it will probably be uh, our lemon pepper wedge, either the regular or hot lemon pepper. Skylar, what's your favorite type of pizza? My favorite type of pizza? Oh, honestly, I just like a good slice of pepperoni. Um, go to New York a lot. So at yeah. New York, uh, you, like you can't add too many things. It's one or two toppings. Right. Good. Right. Um, that would be mine. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to say that I like how you took something that you liked in pizza and you enjoyed doing mm-hmm. and related it to something else that you enjoyed and meant something to you in the music. Yeah. And you add those two things together. I think that's really cool. Absolutely. I have a lot of friends who are recording artists now. Oh, I mean, they've been recording artists for a minute. Um, and just seeing from back in like 2011, 2012, uh, their work ethic and grind and where they're at now, most of them are like signed to major labels and stuff and putting out albums and stuff. Just to see the correlations when we talk about like the food business and me doing pizza and their creative process and how they produce their music and how there's a lot of similarity um, is a really cool aspect. Um, and like I said, uh, a lot of things in, you know, entertainment um, and in food, you know, really coincide. It's, I mean, look at like the CD or the the, the vinyl disc. It's round, much like a pizza. Um, Absolutely, I love that. I agree with you. Um, one of the things is, I think there's been other artists. Quest Love, I know he had loved fried chicken, and you know, as mm-hmm. another artist, even though he was, I think he's with Jimmy Kimmel Live now. He also crossed <laughs> over in New York City. I remember doing some projects with him when we were mm-hmm. building and designing restaurants as a company. And I think it's a natural thing as a, as an entertainer, as well as, you know, plenty of people use their name. I think plenty of country artists have used their name to, to build bars and stuff in Nashville. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think it's a similar idea that we're going to see um, hopefully in Atlanta as well, where the artists are also coming back and reinvesting in their neighborhoods in this way, if they, they aren't already Gladys Knight obviously has her famous fried chicken right. place. We all know about, but mm-hmm. it's the same idea. And I think that there's such a, a tying into the entertainment piece plus, um, an orchestration to your point. They're very similar. You're putting on a show every night when you're in the food business, mm-hmm. if you're in the restaurant or, you own a restaurant or a fast food service or a fast casual, whatever it ends up being. Mm-hmm. And that's always 
very similar to me, the moving pieces. And it's the same as doing a sporting event sometimes. How do you orchestrate everything together? And that's all business that you're learning. So I think they all tie together very well. Absolutely. And with music and, and food, it's I've never met anyone who said they didn't like both. I haven't met a person who said, I don't like pizza. It's like, all right, you might not like a certain style of pizza, but you got to find, you know what I'm saying, your thing, much like music. I've never met a soul who said, oh, I, I don't like sounds. I don't like music. You might not like all music, but you'll find something that you do gravitate towards, your your flavor or your niche. Um, not everyone has liked lemon pepper pizza. I, that totally, That's totally fine. But I, I think there is something on the menu or in, in the realm of pizza that you can't find and say, hey, I do like. Um, much like, you know, music. I, mean, I don't like all genres of music, but I, I really like like R&B. I really like electronic. Or I really like jazz. And I think it's so true. I think that that's one of the most common things. And it's hard for me to imagine what we did when we couldn't capture sound the way that we do and Man. have music and what we did as humans and what went on in our heads. And I just can't even imagine. And not to mention... No, not at all. The ability to temper our own moods through music and and turn a bad day into a good day or, you know, any situation or pump ourselves up before a sporting event, whatever it is. I just am like, what happened before what that? Right. Yeah. So it's one of yeah. those things. Obviously, we ate food. We all know that. But I think right. as we've seen an evolvement as humans, both like I think musically and artistically, it's also mm-hmm. translated into our food where we see different types of pizza where I agree with you. There's mm-hmm. probably a way that you could find pizza that you like. Like I've seen a restaurant um, up north that literally uses naan, um, an Indian naan, and yeah. they make Indian style pizzas. And it's the same mm-hmm. idea, but it's it's sort of um, pointed towards a d- different demographic, but it's also like right. everyone loves pizza, so why not try this also? And it's not their right. main right. menu item, but they have it as one of their items where you can get everything on non with, and it has an Indian fusion, if you will, or whatever the yeah. concept would be, um, mix mm-hmm. on it. It's pretty cool, and I've seen people do it with tacos also in a similar fashion here in Milledgeville. Skyler Absolutely. can tell you about that Bollywood taco, but it's oh, wow. uh, but it's um. But it's the same idea, amazing. you know, the the artistic talent, the ability to start thinking outside the box and saying, hey, it doesn't have to be this way, I think exactly. is important. You know, pasta doesn't have to be Italian, as we can see. That's Go ahead. That's exactly how I feel. Yeah, that's that's uh, a big basis or, you know, it, it speaks to, to me and, and few pies a lot because I'm, I'm black. You know what I'm saying? You don't see too many black people making pizza and uh Honestly, that's not the ethnic group that you would go to to be aficionados in that realm. Like you would think, all right, Italian. But I'm not Italian. I, I love Italian food. I respect Italian culture. But I'm black. What do black people like seeing on, on pizza? Or what what do black people like eating? What you know, our culture is more comfort, um, southern driven uh cuisine. Um, and then specifically black Atlanta or Atlanta period now, because you can't escape chicken wings when you come to Atlanta. That's something that's a big staple here. Uh, so it doesn't have to necessarily be like I've, I've gotten comments that like that's not real pizza. And it's like, well, why not? It, it checks all the boxes where it's uh, the dough, the sauce, cheese, 
and uh, a topping, it, it checks those boxes just because it's not what you traditionally would see as pizza does not take away from the form of pizza. Well, and absolutely. And now we're, we're starting to talk about something, which is really how do we experience the world and expose ourselves to different things we don't understand and get out of our yeah. communities. Food is a great way. Like, okay, we know there's pizza, but here's a new twist on it. It helps exactly. expose us to different cultures, start getting familiar. And while it's not the ultimate thing, it's right. starting to be stepping stones. And I think absolutely. for me as a person and in exposure around the world, the way that that I love to do it. It's not museums for me. It's food. That's the business I am. So I go into the communities. Absolutely. I go into the the countryside, and we eat the food eat. and our family, and we get to know the people and how they eat together and how they come together. And the real yes. conversations that, that happen, if you want to understand how other people live or that are different than you, which we should expose ourselves mm-hmm. to as much as possible, is sit down and eat with them. Seriously. Exactly. No matter exactly. where it is. It's what we all do. Same as listening to music. Go ahead. 100%. Yeah, for sure. Like, we, that, it is a language. You know, food and music is a language. And it tells a story of, you know, someone's culture or what they've been through um, or where they're from. Um, So I I 100% agree with you. I do that much too. Whenever I visit, you know, an unfamiliar place or somewhere I've been before, the first thing I do is try to tap into the cuisine because that's where the community is like you meet people i was recently in austin texas for a bachelor party and the places that we ate spoke to you know the neighborhood that we were in or the the community that inhabits these places um so we had of course a lot of tacos but with the tacos you would talk to who made them because there's a lot of like food trucks um, with the Italian, you know, spot that we went to, we talked to the people who were there and, you know, best way that you, you can get to know someone is to break bread. Absolutely. And I think that if, if you break bread with someone or you, you go there and it's a way of building trust with someone, I'm, I'm accepting your customs. I'm accepting your culture. Exactly. Now we can have a conversation. You can ask me questions openly and I can ask trust. you because I've already made the first step. And accepting right. the food and the culture, the way you eat. For example, in India, it's with your hand. And we know in Asian countries, it's with chopsticks. So some right. of it may not, you have the skills, but showing that you want to have those skills or an interest in it shows a lot of respect right off the bat and building trust. And so Absolutely. it's things like that that I think are just so important. And it doesn't matter to your part. It could be anywhere in the United States. Miami has a different food scene than Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And Atlanta has a different food scene than Nashville. So it's not about staying in comfort zones. We do this because there's so many franchises in the world, nothing they're saying wrong, wrong with it. I get it. But if you're wanting to experience something, you got to sort of step out of your comfort zone a little bit on what's normal and go experience the different neighborhoods, experience the food and the restaurants and the things that are popular there and do it literally walk your way through it. I think that you will find that experiencing whatever it is it's amazing the food and it's better than a fast food place or any restaurant that you're used to like a tgi fridays or or whatever like get in there and expose yourself to just the country we even live in if you're in the united states i know we have a lot of international 
um, listeners, and it's the same thing. A lot of them always talk about getting exposure because they get so much exposure than the United States. But I think ultimately all of us can do it very easily through food. And even just walking through different neighborhoods in Atlanta, if you're in Atlanta, uh, where a few pies are. So um, how did you come up with the name? Is it because of Matthew? Um, yeah. Is it a so, yeah, yeah. So um, growing up in the South, as you know, we have a draw and we have accent. So everyone would call me Matthew instead of Matthew. And I would correct them um, until one day someone's like, all right, you're such a smart ass. He's going to call you few from now on. And, you know, the name stuck. That was around like uh, T-Ball or Little League age. And, you know, it's stuck with me since then. So and also it kind of plays on the menu where like we uh, do a few pies. Uh, my thing, the first first thing I ever wanted to do was build a conglomerate called uh, Few and Far, which means you take a few good people with a few great ideas as far as possible. Uh, so piggybacking off of that is like, look, I don't, I got a few things that I do well, and these pies are it. So you won't see, you know, 14, 15, well, I, I might increase that, but at, at the moment, you're not going to see like 20, four different, you know, variations of pizza. Like I've seen establishments that have that where it's a little overwhelming. Like now we got these pies that we do really well, a few good pies that we do really good well. And you know, there you have. It. I love and I love the tie into your name. Um Skylar, as we start um wrapping things up, is there any questions that you have, any things that you wanted to ask before we get off? Yeah, so I was I was scrolling through your Instagram a little bit, um, mm-hmm. and I saw some people who I recognize, mm-hmm. and just kind of tying the culture and the food and everything together. I guess what was who is the most meaningful person? Who meant the most when they came and they tried your pies? Oh, uh, the most. Mm. Just, I mean, honestly, the the everyday common person without you know, some celebrity tied to their name means the most to me um, because those are the ones that drive the business. Um, it's cool to get a celebrity every now and then, you know, because, of course, it attracts attention. But what sustains uh, the business and me are the everyday people. Um, I even hate saying everyday people because celebrities are nothing but everyday people with, you know, irregular jobs. Um, but the coolest celebrity who's actually not depicted has been probably Ludacris. He was really cool. Um, uh, Earth Gang, those are my friends. Uh, I grew up with them. It's, it's, you know, they're, they're real cool. That was a pleasure because again, we see, I was with them when they was, you know, I guess starving artists and coming into uh, the music industry. So to see them now where they're at and then, they supported me from my first endeavors with food and for me, you know, to grow where I'm at now, nowhere near the, the, the level of uh, success that they're at, but we'll, we will get there. Um, hmm, who else? Gunner, he was cool. I, I pulled up on a Gunner and Young Thug for a, a video shoot and gave them pizzas. Uh, that was real cool. Uh, but, I, I know who it is. Lou Williams, who's uh Atlanta Hawk, uh a Georgia basketball legend. Uh, also known as Lemon Pepper Lou. He shops with me all the time. Um 
through shopping, we noticed that we had like common friends. Uh, um, so he, he's been a, a real big supporter and, uh, so I could, I, I like to say is a, is a, is a friend of mine who, you know, he calls me whenever he's back in Atlanta, he's like, oh, I need some pieces. That is awesome. And I, I think you, the whole thing is, is, um, it's the, the continuation of the customers. And if the customers keep coming in, the celebrities will keep coming in also. Um, exactly, and it's just one of those things. If you treat every you do, you treat the the every customer like they're a celebrity, then the celebrities are going to feel like celebrities, and so are your your customers. So it's a exactly. win win each way. Um, right. Which I I thought was a good question, Skylar, and I thought it was the, um, a great answer because it's spot on in in the whole thing, right? And. Um, mm-hmm. And also, sometimes I think um, celebrities always don't want to feel like celebrities. They they're trying oh, to run businesses yeah. and they're trying to eat their food. Sure. So, you know, I think that's an interesting thing as well um, in mm-hmm. owning a food business because you cater to that as well sometimes. Mm-hmm. And um, but either way, I think um, having those relationships, having treating everyone so well, where you know, a celebrity doesn't realize they're being treated as a celebrity because every client and con- customer is a celebrity. It's a pretty good thing. Absolutely. And, uh, and, um, lastly, as, as we start, um, wrapping things up, what is the single, the, the best lesson you've learned in food, um, since, um, that you could translate for the audience? Um, the best thing is don't quit. You know, um, one of my favorite artists, Nipsey Hussle, said um, when defining his success, the, there was no distinguishing quality that he had uh, over the next person or his his uh, counterpart or, con- or contemporary. It was he just never gave up. He didn't quit. And I've seen that to be true. Those who don't give up, those who don't quit, win. So... If you're passionate about it, you believe in yourself, of course, you got to have confidence, but don't quit. Don't give up. And uh, also, you you need to define what success is for you. Um, to me, I, I am successful because I pay all my bills doing something I really enjoy doing. I've had countless jobs uh, from, you know, washing dishes to, you know, holding a sign to pick up people from the airport to working with kids, to working in entertainment, to working in food, working at a law firm. I've worked almost every job under the same thing of, uh, except on dirty jobs. I haven't done any of those. Um, but you got to define what success is to you. Those jobs I didn't really, a lot of jobs, they were cool. The pay was all right. Didn't really like it that much. Um, but I, you got to, you know, find something that you like and define what success is for you. Don't let outside influence or forces tell you you're not successful. Um, piggybacking on that, talking about my friends, Earth Gang. They define what success is for them. They didn't let anyone else. Of course, they're coming to more mainstream success, but to be able to like support yourself and your family and be happy with what you're doing, that's what I would consider success. So don't give up. Um, have confidence in yourself and you know you define on your terms what successfulness is what success looks like 
Just because you have a restaurant doesn't mean hey, you're successful. I know a lot of people who have restaurants who are struggling. Um, and on, on the outside, it looks like, oh, you're super successful. Uh, when in reality, not so much. Um, so don't, you know, let the next man tell you what it is or what it isn't to be successful. I agree 100%. I think if you if you find something you love, you need to continually chase it. And I think that um, when you find that thing you love and you continually chase it, that it's yeah. um, that it gives it a whole other meaning. And to your point, mm-hmm. you've got to be in it for the long term because the gains don't happen for years. It takes years. Right. It takes a long time. It takes a long time for sure. Um, you know, I'm doing better financially than I was two three years ago with me being my own boss but again it's i'm no millionaire you know what i'm saying uh it it, it costs to play you, you gotta you gotta pay to play that's another thing a lot of people don't realize once you get into it it's not all profit and it's gonna take a couple of years to be quote-unquote profitable like there's a lot of there might be a lot of money coming in but there is also a lot of money that goes out um to you know being able to you know run a business and it's a lot of that it's exactly what you said it's some people get into it and like oh i'm just going to profit this well there's a lot of moving parts and things you got to squeeze pennies out of in order to get those Mm -hmm. dollars at the end of the day um for whatever you're making pizza and food in particular um if Uh you're in music it would be if you're wasting studio time and you're not being efficient for example that could burn up your your budget pretty badly and so absolutely you know it's how do you use that time how are are you efficient how much not putting too much pepperoni on the pizza for example but still making sure the customer feels they got enough pepperoni you know it's that juggling act so food cost is real Blue Cross is real. I know it's a real thing. It, it's like I we I just walked Skylar around our whole facility today as as I'm training some of the managers, and and it's like, mm-hmm. and one of the managers said to him, "Every step is a dollar," and it's right. Every step you take in there is something mm-hmm. you notice that's saving money. So I like that. I might just steal that. Every step is a dollar. Yeah, sure. there you go. So. That's very true. Well, Matthew, and, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, go ahead. Yeah, you can steal it away. And I just wanted to thank you for coming on. I'd like to do a part two with you. Um, I'd like Scholar to set it up so because I, I have a lot more questions, but I don't want to sure. run this episode too long for the audience. So I'd like to just schedule a part two and go right into that. Um, and no it'll problem. be a little more structured just because I have so many questions now based on this conversation. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd like Skylar to go ahead and do that. But for the audience, you can find Matthew. It's at P-H-E-W-P-I-E-S on Instagram. Right. And I, what are you, is it the same on Twitter? It's same on Twitter, yes, sir. And are you on Facebook as well? Same on Facebook. Pupi is on Facebook as well. Awesome. And I saw on any of those, I believe, you can tap the link to your website so they can find you there. And then what Absolutely. I'm hoping, Matthew, is if we can get you on again next week or the following week, we'll just do a back-to-back episode because I have tons more questions and um, and I and thoughts, and I think we're on the same wavelength. So I think it's mm-hmm. important to continue to go down this road for the audience um, who all probably right now need to know not to give up 
especially in oh, food yeah. and everything that's going on in their lives. So, right. Shoot. I'm, I'm just coming out of, you know, what we call the slow season of, you know, post Thanksgiving pre uh, Valentine's where you hit those Christmas and new year's holidays and everyone has a resolution. So there are ups and downs. It's a roller coaster. Um, but as long as you strap in for the ride, you'll be fine. Absolutely. Thanks Skylar again for, co-hosting and setting it all up and thank you matthew and thank you audience for listening in and you know pay the fee guys write a review share the podcast if you're getting something out of it and you know an entrepreneur who's interested in food share what we're doing here we're trying to help everyone so thanks everyone for listening in and have a great day Mm -hmm.